Ultra. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we crawl our way to the bitter end of the world's end, one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And joining us again, Alec Lucio. Welcome back. Bonjour. Thank you. <laughs> Today, we are preparing to annihilate Minute 47, which begins with Peter feeling uncomfortable with how much he's drinking and ends with Andy telling Gary that if they make it out of Newton Haven alive, he's going to kill him. Yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah. Love it. I, I love I mean, whenever I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. I love it whenever Nick Frost not, not to jump to the literal last seconds of the minute, but I, I I it's it's so great how this movie lets Nick Frost use his his size and his 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 shape to like different effects and he's able to be like intimidating and like mm-hmm. a, a bruiser in this movie. Yeah. Instead of like, you know, a lovable puppy dog like in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Yeah, I just I love how different their characters are in this movie and and we've been talking about that a lot but i i really do love how different they were able to be like they're doing some like really strong acting in this movie um everybody is but especially those two Mm. yeah i think just on the rewatch and a just in everything like nick frost is just i feel like almost like a just a step ahead of everybody with the acting that he's doing in this. Oh yeah. Um, and it is, it's like, there's, there's a lot more with his physicality um, that, and, and he has the range to do it. Uh, I just, and it's funny because you could kind of dismiss him as like, just the angry has it together friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, I mean, there's, there's, he plays it with a depth that you know that there is much more to the story right um, he's he's you playing never even really fully get yeah yeah he's playing the role of a straight man the way that someone who's never played the straight man would play it you know yeah where, where it's mm-hmm. like he, he has had a career of of playing the the you know the sort of bumbling sidekick and now he's given the opportunity to play a straight man so how does the bumbling sidekick play a straight man and it's like oh with like a really nuanced performance <laughs> Uh, because yeah. he's, it's something he's never gotten to do before, so it's uh, it's pretty great. Yeah, it's one of those like weird age old things that actors have always had to struggle with. Even successful actors of like, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're we're trained to do different stuff and inhabit different roles and play different archetypes, and yet in the Hollywood system, and not even Hollywood, but just like you know, in, in general, it's like, oh, that's the person that does this. Let's have them do that over and over again. Right. Right. Uh, so going back to the, uh, the top of the minute, um, this conversation about Dutch courage, uh, <laughs> I, I do, I really, I, I love this because, um, I, 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 I guess, you know, as we're breaking this down, um, minute by minute, you know, we, we're, we're I, I feel like we're 
seeing repeated dialogue even more so than we when you do when you're you're just sort of watching the movie and again here we have this great bit where he explains what he thinks dutch courage is which is uh, <laughs> uh drinking dutch gin before battle to give uh, the 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 soldiers super strength and Oliver says, I thought it was to dull the sense of impending doom. And mm-hmm. Gary says, exactly. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> once again, Gary uh, uh, being contradicted, but uh, never being wrong. Uh, and I just, I love it. It's such a short little little clip of a scene, but I, I really love that back and forth. I um, I feel like... This minute is almost the hangover from the execution of the minute before it. Mm-hmm. Um, just like they're just like they're slumping into the bar, like yeah, no song- one's happy about anything except for Gary because yeah. the song's Gary. over, the metronome's over. There's right. no right. Yeah. It's just like all right, we just made it through that. Can we just get to the next friggin' bar? <laughs> yeah, Gary's thrilled though. Um, I think it's interesting though, cause they're, they're rushing through this because they want to get out of there, but like they have so many pubs ahead of them and like they're drinking so many beers in a row. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Cause as we see later, they're still gulping down those pints. Uh, yeah, they are you know, not, they are not nursing yeah. those pints. No, not at all. And it's just like, you guys are going to be like, what are you going to do at the end of this? Because you're not going to leave. You're too drunk. So you're just going to go like sleep at the B&B. Like, how are you going to sleep knowing everyone's robots? You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I, I will say um, them walking down the street, uh, something I've never noticed before. But once again, the woman pushing the baby carriage is to the right of them, and the middle-aged couple is to the left of them in the wide shot. It's so great, and and, and one of the things that I don't think we had a chance to talk about this minute, or you know, the uh, in, in yesterday's minute, but I want to bring up here is just the the way that 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 right really sinks his teeth into the social sci-fi aspects of this movie. Of mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you are not safe in the crowd, right? You know, yeah. where so many of uh, uh, of us can be like, oh, well, cool. There's people around. I can, I feel safe. I'm a part. Of, I'm a part of society. No one here wants to hurt me. And then all of a sudden, that is taken away from you, and you can't trust anyone around you. Right? Where? Why is everyone looking at you? Am I? Right. Is everyone looking at me? Am I just? Is, am I just projecting because now I know that I'm not one of them? Right. It, it's really, it's really true. I mean, it, it, it's played for comedy very effectively, but it is, it, it, I mean, he does it very similar to Shaun of the Dead being a full on zombie movie. This does hit all the notes of something like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's too another reason why this movie didn't play for audiences when it first opened, especially in America, is because the idea of uh, social, sci- social sci fi um, hadn't really been a thing in America, not really. Uh, there's invasion of the body snatchers, but that's pretty much it uh, as far as uh, that. And 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 that's old. That's from the 70s. There hasn't really been a lot of social sci-fi since then um, until like kind of very recently with, uh, you know, like your ex machina or what have you. Sure. Um, guess, Annihilation ex machina. Depending on your definition, I guess something like The like Handmaid's Tale that technically takes place in like the not sure. future. 
Sure, yeah. and, but that's and and that's that's like uh, yeah. Is that is that social sci-fi or is that because like there's no sci-fi element to it, right? It's like in fact, it's no. like kind of it's there's kind no of end. like purposefully against science, <laughs> um, which in itself is. <laughs> A nightmare, but yeah, well, itself isn't the people in it are <laughs> right, right. So it's 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 sort of um, I, yeah, it's interesting because I think I think it's just a genre that like isn't super popular when this movie came out. Like it's not a thing that people are really aware of as a as a uh, as a genre, and it's a dated genre. Whereas when you looked at you know Shaun of the Dead, the zombie genre was just starting to come back around, so it like hit at the perfect time. And then Hot and Fuzz action movies have, have never go anywhere; they're always around. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, that was always going to be something that was going to hit people really hard. But social sci- sci-fi is such a specific thing, you know. Like I, I, in order to get people on board with this movie, the way that I usually try and describe it is like imagine an episode of doctor who where the doctor never showed up and the humans had to save themselves that's what this is um and it's rated r but yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think there's um there's gonna be so many british listeners who are gonna be like no uh but i i do feel like in british culture more than ours there's this you know, this sense of the stiff upper lip and the, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you get through it because that is what you do for, to be proper and civilized. That's how we, we get through things. Sure. Um, and I think that's why, you know, like you have like the wicker man is a, like, I think that's why in the States we really only have like invasion of the body snatchers. Hmm. Whereas I think it's something that plays more in horror and weirdness sci-fi in the uk more so than it does in our country we don't have the same pressure i think i'm not that saying that we don't have peer pressure but like i don't think we have that same kind of pressure to make, pretend everything is okay all of the time yeah right well, the, the, the only time the only movie that i can think of that really steps into that mold specifically is uh stepford wives um right exactly which is which is more about like sort of uh, I guess gender politics. So it's like a patriarchy, right? Right, the patriarchy, exactly. So so Fucking you know you have that, but it's like beyond that, I don't know. <laughs> like I'm not. There's not a lot of American social sci-fi, and certainly not a lot of notable uh, social sci- sci-fi. Like you could, I'm sure people will be like opening up on us in the co- in the in the comments yeah. on the on the Facebook I'm, group I'm sure today. Not thinking of, but 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 are they are they big? You know, like are like just because they are are good, like were they popular enough that this movie was going to connect with American audiences, um, and and, or even you know younger British audiences who haven't had a social uh, a social sci fi film since like the you know seventies or eighties. Well, it's so interesting Uh, you say that, Scott, because I was I was thinking at the very beginning, you know, Gary King. From my perspective, it's weird. He he's a very American character. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't really yeah. have he doesn't have much of a care for society or how he's affecting society. It's his own myth, his own personal like me. What how, what society done for me lately? I mean, to me, that's a very American way of thinking. Or even his weird how he's able to like twist history around to his narrative. I mean, that's a that's as American as apple pie. You know? <laughs> yeah, very like, true cherry picking history to fit his own personal narrative. And, and maybe that's a reason as to why, why there is no, I mean, yeah, maybe there is something in the water over here to where we don't really find it. We're so self-centered as people that we don't, maybe we don't have that 
tether to society that that I don't know countries in Europe have or you know again this is from yeah. the outside I've never, I've never been to yeah, Europe. The greater good I think is not as much of a American thing to go right. back to. I'm almost always going to go back to Hot Fuzz, guys. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But and, and it but, is uh, very it's all related that Edgar Wright, in his you know Scott Pilgrim maybe less so or Baby Driver less so, but certainly the Cornetto trilogy, the villain, the antagonist is always this overbearing totalitarian society that wants mm-hmm. to create uniformed, peaceful thinkers. And I don't know that I, I, I think all artists to a certain extent are the product of their environment. And mm-hmm. it's stories like that that make Edgar Wright such a uniquely British filmmaker. Yeah. Other American social sci-fi that I've thought of since we were talking that um, <laughs> I'll mention just so that, you know, someone doesn't say like, how could you forget about this? They live very obvious social oh, sci-fi yeah. film, of course, yeah, about um, all about, you know, capitalism and et cetera, et cetera. And sure, okay. RoboCop is another one. Um, uh, RoboCop, probably Starship Troopers for that matter. But in the case of all three of those, I think that they are very well done and 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 have a point of view that is very specific. The problem with all three of those films, however, is that um, there is a large contingent of people who completely miss the social aspect of it yeah. and and oh, view yes. view it as a gun tote you know red, like redneck american yeah like let's well, let, you know let's fuck them up boys like that kind of thing and that's literally what starship troopers is like about not being that's what it's satirizing but yeah. uh, no one, like, most people don't watch it that way and it's the same for robocop and they live there's so many people who use that I'm all out of bubblegum gif inappropriately <laughs> um in in uh in you know on on Twitter that's that movie has been almost entirely uh adopted by uh red uh, uh you know red right wing people right. yeah the far right um and and that's certainly not what uh I think the intention of that film was so um you know yeah. that's that's the problem is that I think the intention of of social sci-fi gets very confused in america uh a lot (laughs) um and i think that's probably why social sci-fi doesn't feel like as popular of a genre is because things that are in like with the intention of being social sci-fi um and executed as social sci-fi are viewed by people who don't think they, they they just don't see politics and things and uh uh, don't think that it has anything to say um, beyond, uh, you know, a guy you know, shooting aliens that he sees with his right. sunglasses. Yeah. Star Wars isn't about Vietnam. No, of course not. Uh, nor is it about Nazis or or anything else. Right. Um, yeah, not at all. Uh, they're just called stormtroopers. You know, that's just a <laughs> it's just a coincidence. Yeah, it's a coincidence. It's a cool name. You know, it's a it's yeah. a pretty cool name. Uh, anyway, yeah, you know that George Lucas isn't a very thoughtful, <laughs> cerebral dude. He's no. just a no. he's a beer chugging, race car driving. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we've all seen American Graffiti, Nick. You don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. So I think I think that's I think that's uh, I, I think social uh, sci-fi is just largely misunderstood by most people in America, and I think that's why it's more of a notable genre in England than it is here, and maybe why this film doesn't speak to American audiences as much as something like Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. 
oh, hot fuzz is so good. And I think that's maybe what it is, is like, I love hot fuzz for like, I love, I love hot fuzz for so many reasons. Like, yeah. I love that. It's like a buddy cop comedy point. I love the point break references. I love, I love that it does that, but it really does so much of that other like social sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. And I, and I think it's more played for comedy because I feel like there are like the scene with them, the scenes with them walking down the street and being looked at. And now that they know that they're robots looking mm-hmm. at them and not just like people annoyed that we've got like five drunk dudes in from out of town. <laughs> right. Um, it and it gets that like creepy sinisterness to it, which it did in Hot Fuzz, but it was still played more comedically. It's like that old lady has a machete in her bag, right? You know, or like the old dude is packing a Uzi in a way that these people aren't. Yeah, this <laughs> is the, the 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 social sci-fi portion of this is played straight. Yeah, um, and it's it's the five characters' reaction to that. That is where the comedy is being mined from. Whereas um, in Hot Fuzz, it is these kind of these characters sort of reacting. You know, Nicholas Angel is reacting to this craziness, and he is kind right. of the audience member, sort of the only sane person in the movie, or the only right. normal person in the movie. Right. It's it's so interesting that you compare. You know, because I think to me, Hot Fuzz has a lot in common with things like RoboCop and Starship Troopers, both directed by Paul Verhoeven, is mm-hmm. like <laughs> in that he they are both those full made there are very incendiary, provocative ideas in that movie, but it's hidden in, you know, kind of like hiding your dog's medicine with like cheese. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Like you have so much fun watching. I mean that's why kids love Robocop is because just that poster is so arresting to to everyone or you know when i was a kid starship troopers was nuts because it was like you know before halo it was like there was just something visceral in that little boy in me of like watching guys in suits like gun down giant bugs that i didn't realize that it was completely you know throwing a pie in the face of 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 american you know jingoism the the military complex (laughs) Yeah. yeah I, uh, because you know i can't i can't do anything without being a little bit of a feminist killjoy um (laughs) <laughs> nine to five which uh, fe- feminist killjoys will always be invited on this show Allie, <laughs> with open arms uh, <laughs> which i watched like a whole bunch as a kid and i was like oh like it, it like and i was like watching like five minutes of like cnn did like the 80s and they're talking to like jane fonda about it and the whole like the whole like female workplace power fantasy that like drives that entire movie mm-hmm um, and it's like I would watch it, and I was like, "Huh, it's hilarious!" Like these three like ladies are like their boss is a jerk, and like they're gonna get him. Um, and it was so funny. And then it's like you watch it older, and you're like, "Yeah, no, I wish I could do that sometimes." <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, or even uh, like or like the character of Lewis in RoboCop. Like you, you. It's like, wow, where did where did that character go from American blockbusters? You know, where she's mm-hmm. just right. allowed to be just like I'm RoboCop's partner. He treats me like a <laughs> like a person. <laughs> He treats me like a human. Yeah. Uh, because the future is so amazing that they can have women as cops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so uh, we get the uh, the trusty servant here. Um, the sign of, of, of which is uh, obviously uh, the Reverend Green here um, in a weird, I don't know what the hunchback thing is about, uh, but he has a little bit of a, of a like an Igor uh uh sort of thing going on i don't know what that's about but that is um the reverend green's face and of course 
he's uh he's got uh, on either side of him it looks like um the two uh uh collaborators there mm-hmm. in sort of like an outline uh fashion but yeah. uh yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a nice sign and i i like the you know the trusty servant as a uh a theme of of what's about to happen um the idea of like how how could this town let this happen well we're about to find out <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh for what it's worth the fosters in this minute looks uh incredible yeah i so have you guys have you guys ever had a fosters i have you have ali wait the beer fosters yeah yeah i mean i've had it okay yeah it, it's I, a, I mean I, I i i like fosters fine it is a lager um so it is a little more uh it has more of that bread taste to it mm-hmm. um than an ale would uh but I've never had fosters on tap i would we i would wonder what that would taste like um but it does either. Nick is absolutely correct it looks amazing and fosters is my go to like cheap beer alternative like if i am if i'm down and out and i just really want a beer because i'm like i just need to like relax for a night or whatever i'll just buy like one of those single can giant single cans of (laughs) fosters for like three dollars and get like you know two glasses of two pints of beer out of it you know um that's uh that tends to that that was always my go-to especially uh in my in my 20s when i was really down and out uh financially uh very often <laughs> um and that's that's what i would do because like i couldn't afford a six-pack but i wanted a beer so i would just get a fosters um and have that <laughs> it was like yeah winnie the pooh honey pot sized cans of beer right yeah exactly exactly it was the best deal you got the most beer for your money and it didn't taste like uh you know urine uh, like a Coors or something. If you're down uh, and out and you want a bevy, grab a Fosters. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is what 40s are for, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's basically <laughs> what it is, right? Those The giant yeah. Fosters can. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, if 40s. You're going to, uh, going to uh, uh, what was, how was, God damn it. What's the name of that insane clown posse? Gathering oh, of the Oh, yeah. If you're going to, going to, going to, going to Gathering of the Juggalos, you get a Fago, you get a 40. <laughs> yeah. Uh you duct tape both of them to your hands. Yeah. Um Edward Fago hands. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Who doesn't love Colt 45? Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so um this is a, a, a historical minute that we're talking about here. Because this is the final minute that we see uh, Oliver Chamberlain alive. Right. This is it. Uh, he is going to the bathroom and he will not return uh, as uh, as Oliver. He is going to be a blank. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm sad because, yeah, this is this is it. Uh, and we get we still get obviously lots of great martin freeman stuff um are arguably some of the best martin freeman stuff uh is yet to come in the movie but it is sad that you know oliver a character that we've we've been talking about how much of an mvp martin freeman is in this movie uh and it, it's sad to like just you know watch him just get iced off screen um in a bathroom which he just survived uh, a, a fight in the bathroom <laughs> Uh, and now he's still going to go out in a bathroom, and uh, that's uh, it's a bummer. I don't know. It is kind of a bummer. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna miss Oliver. No, definitely. It's uh, it's 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 a choice that the movie makes. I mean, you know, you watch The Hangover, and the, they're not killed off one by one in The Hangover. 
right? <laughs> they should That's, be. They should Sorry. be. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, a, a, a provocative uh, cinematic auteur like Todd Phillips surely could be capable of <laughs> doing something as uh, mind blowing as that. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> I can't even, so I can't I even joke about it. I can't even joke. I about keep it. forgetting. I, I remembering, and also I just feel like, of course, the Joker movie would be narrated or directed by a guy called Todd Phillips. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Of course, it was Todd. <laughs> I, wish uh, did, I wish they had marketed Joker like from the dudes that brought you the Hangover, <laughs> oh from the guys that brought you Due Date and the Hangover and Old School and the Stars Notch. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> Um, so, uh, uh, again, um, I want to point out that Gary mentions here that he's proud of Oliver and, uh, and, and that, yeah. you know, he's, less he, than nothing to him when yeah, he, he's like, he's like, uh, you know, I'm proud of him. He never made it this far before. And while that is <laughs> technically true, uh, I have to point out once again that, um, in the, in the previous version of the night. They lost Oliver at the Good Companions. That's when he uh, uh, threw up and mm-hmm. uh, and bailed. Um, and that was pub. That's pub five, and they are at pub six. However, in the original version of the night, they all drank a pint at the famous cock. And in this version of the night, only Gary did. So, uh, in fact, Oliver did not get any further. He still only had <laughs> five pints, and, and now he's out. <laughs> Yeah, by he only got he only got one pub further on a technicality exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, but neither but neither did the so technically you know you know Stephen and Andy are behind 1990 them. Well, it's hard to say with Andy because he had all those shots. Right, right. Yeah, because yeah. he was he was drinking. Yeah, say, Andy Andy definitely made up for any lost time. <laughs> yeah. By taking yeah. five straight shots of, we've deduced that it was vodka. I think, right? No, no, no. Uh, 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 the fire shots. What are those called? Um, starts with an S. I, I lost it. No, I lost the. No, you light them on fire. The shots that you light on fire starts with an S. I got to go back and look now. Oh no, you're you're fine. It's gonna drive me crazy. Let me see here. I got to go A before flaming the mo. Yeah, flaming mo. <laughs> um. <laughs> What's the flaming mo at Universal Studios? It's like what's it's like cinnamon syrup? No, it's just it's just like juice that they put like a dry ice thing at the bottom. It sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> um, it's not even alcohol. No, it's not. Oh, that's uh, sambuca, flaming sambuca. Got it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah so no, he, Yeah, so he had five shots of sambuca. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's um. Yeah, uh, so like it's hard to tell where he's at uh, in in regards to everyone else because everyone else has just had beer. He had five right. shots, and now he's he's <laughs> he had five shots in a row, and then sank two pints immediately after that. So <laughs> he's feeling good. He, yeah, he's pretty trashed, um, as we'll see also, in a few moments. <laughs> and he also hasn't drank in sixteen years. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> yikes. <laughs> His body's like, hey, dude, what, what's yeah, up? What, what, what's, what is all this? What are you doing? Oi, what's all this then? What, what's all this then? 
man. So yeah. So, uh, so yeah, then we have this conversation about uh, pretending to have a good time versus actually having a good time. And we just sort of learn that Gary doesn't care if it, it's, it's <laughs> this crazy bit of irony where Gary doesn't care if they actually want to be there or not, he is fine with them just pretending to want to be there, which is ironic considering he's so against what the blanks represent because he is doing exactly that with them right now. Right. Yeah. No, for yeah, sure. I think, but I, I, I mean, I think in, in Gary's head, it's, um, even if they don't like it now, they're going to come around and this is going to be their best night ever. Right. Like right, they, it's fine if they're going through the motions because <laughs> this is going to be the best night that we have. Yeah. They'll uh, see. Right. It's just, it's also interesting because like, okay, so they, they finish up the night, they go back to the bed and breakfast, they leave the next morning and then what? Like what, what happens? Say the, the third act of this doesn't happen the way that it happens in the movie. And they, they just leave Newton Haven. They finish the golden mile and leave Newton Haven. What happens? What happens after they sober up and they remember what happened? Do they just like go into denial and just pretend that none of that ever happened or what? Yeah. Just go into denial. Gary doesn't care about that. So, right. Right. And I Um. think that's kind of, um, because a lot of this, this, and I feel like, uh, like Stevie says it, like when they get off the, off the train, like why, why are we here? I thought we stopped following this guy in 1992. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think that uh, I think that about wraps us up here with uh, minute forty-seven. Uh, everybody, uh, you know, look, we all hate shopping at Amazon. Um, I know I hate doing it and I do it as little as possible, but sometimes, especially in the world that we're in right now, you don't really have much of a choice. Uh, and so if you are going to do it, dualgenre.com slash Amazon, um, allows you to take a little money out of Jeff Bezos's pocket and give it to us. Uh, because it doesn't cost you anything. It comes out of Amazon's pocket, out of Amazon's profits. And uh, it does help us do things like buy new microphones and uh, uh, equipment and uh, whatever else, research materials or whatever, what have you, um, that we need for uh, Dueling Genre podcasts. So we appreciate everyone who does that. You know, you just, you, you throw the link on, uh, on, on, your, on your bookmarks or whatever. And then every time you go to Amazon, you're just doing it automatically and you don't even know um, that you're doing it and it helps us out a lot. So we appreciate everyone who does that. If they are shopping at Amazon, that is doing genre.com slash Amazon. Uh, but if you don't shop at Amazon, look, no one's going to blame you. Nobody here anyway. So, uh, <laughs> by all means, uh, avoid it like the plague, but if you are going to do it, uh, use our link and we really appreciate everyone who does do that. And of course we will be back tomorrow with minute 48, but for now let's go. Oh, Say goodbye.